Hello, all of you wonderful people out there in podcast world. You're listening via chats. It's true. You are. I'm Rachel Koontz, your host. And I'm Kevin Koontz. And we're so excited to have you guys always. Thank you so much for listening. BA Chats exists because we believe that testimonies mean do it again, God. We believe that testimonies are an invitation. We believe that testimonies are like standing on top of a, of a mountain going, hey, you like this good stuff too? So we love to have people on and share their testimonies, just what Jesus is doing. So we always encourage you guys, always um, reach out and just grab the goodness that God, he's just awesome. The other reason that we exist and what we want to be able to proclaim and let you guys know is that right here at Bethel Atlanta, we are not a church that's trying. How did we say this again? We're not going to be. We aren't not, trying to build a big church. We're not church. trying to build a. Thank you. You're saving my <laughs> bacon. <laughs> we're not trying to build a big bacon. church. We are trying to build big people. That's what we're trying. Did I say that? I think I just totally butchered it. Did you guys get the gist? And does everybody understand what Chris and Kevin's trying to say? Anyway, so there's some super big people in our church. <laughs> We've got marvelous people. And I mean, we truly walked around in Bethel for years thinking, I cannot yeah. believe these stories. People have amazing stories. Like, we're a group of folks that Jesus has called from across the planet that mm-hmm. came because he said to come. Exactly, because <laughs> he like, said, go there. And we all go, absolutely. And just picked up and moved. And so we just had to share the story. So yeah. yeah, so we take time and we, you know, it's hard to get to know people in a two or five minutes, you know, stint or segment at church just saying hello. And so it's really helpful when you can hear the people's stories. And so that's why we do this. It's and, so great. And the people that are in studio with us tonight, oh, yeah. you really need to know. They're wonderful people. Welcome, Matt Nip. Hey, how we doing? <laughs> We're doing so we doing good. We're doing good. So good. <laughs> and you go ahead and introduce yourself. Nate. Nate Harkness. 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 Yeah. Okay, Nate yeah. Harkness. Matt and Nate, you guys welcome. Thank, Thank you, you so much for yeah. coming. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Let's start with you. Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Matt Nip, and uh, <laughs> my wife Erica and I and our two children have been connected with Bethel for the probably the last two years. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we moved here from the Tennessee area, the beloved Chattanooga area. So and they play; they're on our praise and worship team, and are marvelous. You mm. guys, you you're talented wow. people, we're, gifted people. We're blessed to be a part. You awesome. make us better. You do. We we're you really do. Yeah, we're better being here. <laughs> <laughs> You're being made better. And they have two of the most adorable children oh ever on the planet. My we gosh. get to serve your kids. It's one of the highlights to our job. Yeah, it really is. They're precious. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it's a highlight to my life, too. They're <laughs> wonderful. All right, Nate, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, I'm Nate Harkness. I live here in Fayetteville uh, from Minnesota originally. And we moved down here to work with a Worldwide Discipleship Association. I oversee their international ministries, everything outside the USA. That's my job. So I get to travel all over the world, work with pastors and leaders, um, talking about discipleship, how Jesus did discipleship. I've got three little kids. My wife is Deborah. And uh, yeah. (laughs) You guys, good living, good living. This is good living right here. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm one of those Bethel Klingons that just just (laughs) lurks around the virtual edges, the podcasts and the sermons and the peeking in through the windows, you know. There is no shame. That's a good life. There are some great things going on Bethel edges. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good stream. Well, they're in tonight. Matt and Nate are in tonight because you guys have got an amazing project going. Let's just go ahead and start from the beginning. I love the story, Matt, about you and worship at Bethel and bam, go. Yep. 
So I uh, met Nate years ago when my wife and I moved here and uh, found out he was a worship leader. Didn't know a whole lot else about him. He came and led worship at a church that we were leading worship at. And um, <laughs> somehow, you know, you, just, you ever meet someone who's just awesome and then they disappear? And <laughs> yeah. I, don't think, I don't take it personally. I don't think it was personal. My bad. But, <laughs> but, um, Sorry. <laughs> but somehow we just kind of fell out of contact with each other. So fast forwarding, uh, probably about four years five years wow five years yeah. with no contact so not a oh, whole really? lot yeah i think we were friends are we friends on facebook when you live 30 minutes apart you just yeah don't bump it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't cross paths <laughs> so anyway uh, long story short um you know we were my wife and i were here at bethel and we're just in a time of worship and when worship's on whether i'm behind an instrument or holding a child or whatever i'm just i just lock in and so you know my eyes are closed and i'm probably singing too loud and the which is the best. Which is the best. You yeah, should singing do loud that. for all, all to, to hear. hear. That's yeah. exactly how you <laughs> spread Christmas cheer. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> inadvertently spreading Christmas yeah. cheer. Yeah. That's Good job. Good shame at Elf quote. Do so, it, guys. I just dropped that in. <laughs> yeah. So, all the time. Um, so the worship kind of uh, cranks down. You know, it just cranks up, and it's just you're just up, and you're just in glory and so ministering to Jesus and loving on him. And um, next thing I know, I kind of open my eyes and come out of the, the worship bubble and standing right next to me is Nate. And we just kind of look at each other. I'm like, Nate. And he's looking at me like, Matt, I, I don't think he knew I was there either. We just happened to be. I think I knew you were there. Okay, he knew I was there. Okay. So but you he was, did not. Yeah, he was secretly stalking me. But he <laughs> it took him a while to find me. He found people, me. Hey, so, like he said, um, stalking the Bethel people. Right, was yeah. right. <laughs> Matt Nip, I need to be there. He's been voyeuring me on Facebook for years. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> so anyway, um. Yeah, so I open my eyes, and there he is with his three kids, and they're just having fun. And I just look at him, and it's like, I know that he's there for, like, for something. You can tell this look in his face. He's like, I'm here on a, on a mission. Hmm. And um, I, I was kind of fed with worship, and he, his little daughter was kind of bouncing around, and she's got a lot of energy and real sweet. And so I was like, let me just kind of play with your daughter for a little while. We pulled my phone out, and we just played for a little bit, and was he just kind of locked in. But um, what I didn't know was that, he, God kind of spoke to him, was it that, that morning, mm -hmm. about Papa Leif? Yeah. You want to no, uh, take over there? Well, I'd heard about Leif Hetland back in college. I didn't really know anything about him. Maybe heard a sermon or two. Um, and uh, I was praying. Um, or I, at that time, I was really in the middle of just a huge kind of Holy Spirit encounter season um, just been wow. baptized in the Holy Spirit in a really powerful way. Oh, it's exciting. By um, Pentecostals. <laughs> good yeah, times. Yeah, I mean, watch good out. Time. Watch that's out. An, that's another story, but uh, it was it's a really <laughs> yeah. funny story, and there's a picture <laughs> of me floating around on the internet you're being touched down by a pastor in Tennessee. <laughs> that is so <laughs> If you start swinging from the chandeliers, that's exactly. okay. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yeah, down on one knee. <laughs> that but, um, is so awesome. Anyway, so I was just in this season, and I was um, – just talking to the Lord and um, saying, you know, like, you know, hey, what do you want? What do you want to do today, Lord? I don't even know what I was asking him about. Maybe it was Africa or something. <coughs> he said, uh, Leif Hetland has the answer. And, oh, um, wow. And I was like, that's that's weird. I haven't thought about that and that guy in a long time. And so I looked him up and looked up his speaking schedule and he was speaking that night in Atlanta. So I uh, was coming, going through on my way. And um, I think it was like a couple hours later. So I just got in the car and just went and. I uh, just had this really powerful experience mm. there and uh, oh. picked up one of Leif's books and the Lord really touched me through it and 
um, started speaking to me about a lot of different things, and there were some interesting connections where, you know, I was on my way to Nigeria, and he was on his way to Nigeria, and um, anyways, like, he and I never connected, but, um, uh, but the Lord used him just to bring me into Bethel to connect with Matt to, wow, um, nice. you know, just to speak to my heart through uh, Leif's teaching and his book and the podcast too. And um, so that was just kind of one step on this, like, I mean, there's so many supernatural things happening in that season. Wow. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how we connected and then we started hanging out and yep. talking about Africa. A little worship, a little coffee and <laughs> probably our next time catching up. Um, Nate's like, I, I think you need to go. I don't know if you said need. That's kind of a strong word. You were invitational about it. But he's like, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to Nigeria in this such, such amount of time. And, you know, I don't know. You might, need, you might need to pray about, you know, coming with me. And I was like, yeah, pray about going with you to Nigeria. That's a great idea. I'll pray about that. <laughs> well, and I didn't realize that you'd had some really close Nigerian friends. Yeah. So kicking back to my history. So I was a, I was a worship leader and a pastor in a church for about 10 years. And, um, Cleveland, Tennessee, just north of Chattanooga. So um, God used a Nigerian man years ago. Um, do you ever have your life like in a perfect place? And then God just like breaks it <laughs> really good. <laughs> and so I thought I had everything together and God was lo- kind and loving and gentle enough to like destroy my plans. And um, I was just in a real deep point of just crushed spirit, you know, yeah. and which really made me ripe for hearing God's voice. And God used this Nigerian mm. pastor, um, Pastor Michael Obi, uh, who's from Nigeria, living in Cleveland, Tennessee, little Tennessee town, yeah. um, just to speak to me and just heard God's voice just wake up all the stuff that had been wow. kind of dormant. And so um, that grew into kind of a Pray, us getting to know each other and prayer and city prayer and uh, so just really like spiritually half Nigerian church movement. So uh, yeah, I I do. <laughs> so when so we'll get to we'll get it in Nigeria. But when I shared, I did communicate that I was born in Chicago, Illinois, but I was really born again in Nigeria intravenously. <laughs> you know, wow. this, this pastor, but um, God began to move on me when He invited asked me to go to Nigeria. Just that it was just one of those things I couldn't say no to. You know, did you ever have something you're like, a lot of times we want to say yes to something, and but sometimes God is just like loving and wise and gentle enough just to keep there, and you're like, you know, I, I just can't say no to going. Wow. And, wow. You know, I had pastors that wanted to pay for my wife and I to come to Nigeria years ago. God was always like, nope, 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 not the time, and for some reason, this was the time. Yeah. Okay. So, so you guys took off to Nigeria to do what? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, um, the, uh, there was a, a few different things that happened. One, one of the really interesting ways that God works in my life is um, when I started working with WDA, uh, Worldwide Discipleship Association, in 2010, I went to Zambia and uh, connected with somebody there who brought me to Congo. When I was wow. in Congo, I sat next to an Ethiopian pastor on the plane home, and we launched an Ethiopian ministry. Oh. When I was in Ethiopia... <laughs> Uh, I connected with someone who brought me to Ghana. When I was in Ghana, I con- connected with an Indian guy. So this is a trail of oh, breadcrumbs. The second time I was in Ethiopia, I was in a guest house and I connected um, with uh, a, a Nigerian, uh, a Nigerian guy. I, 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 we didn't even talk about whether we're going to actually use his real name or not, uh, and we probably shouldn't. But yeah. uh, well, you guys, yeah, Nigerian discuss it now. Yeah. We're yeah. totally fine. We don't have to know his real name. But. Um, but this gentleman uh, had a ministry to Muslim background believers in northern Nigeria 
people would come to Christ through dreams and visions or just through evangelism or whatever it might be. We hear and a lot about that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's yeah. happening all over the world. In fact, um, <laughs> I don't know how many of the listeners know that in the last 20 years, more Muslims have given their lives to Christ than in the last 14 centuries combined. <laughs> no. Just wow. The fast, I didn't know that. The fastest growing church today is in Iran. Um, oh, in fact, I, I did some on. research on this. No, out of, the, out of the five countries where the church is growing fastest and most aggressively, I believe three or four of them are in the Middle East. No, I and didn't so know that. It, that is it beautiful. really is an incredible time to be alive. And, uh, oh, so these so good. and Nigeria wow. is no exception. Wow. Um, so these Muslims are coming to the Lord. They're facing intense persecution. There's nobody to disciple them. They're in the bush. They're in the village. This gentleman... Yeah. brings them to a center for uh, for a couple of years. They do modular classes. He teaches them how to farm. He teaches them the word and sends them back as missionaries. Wow. And so we just, uh, just kind <laughs> of uh, felt the connection of just Jesus in him, Jesus in me. And we stayed in touch for five years. And then... Um, and then he invited me to come to Nigeria and do a, a discipleship training with some of his Muslim background uh, leaders. Wow. So, wow. so that was, that was the, the, the reason that I was going to Nigeria. But the, there was another piece to it that was really important because a lot of this gentleman's students are from a tribe called the Fulani. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah, say it like they say it. Yeah. Well, the way they say it is Fulbeh. Repeat after me, kids. And that means people. Why do we say Fulani? Is it because it's phonetically spelled Fulani? Fulani is just the English, the way English people call them. But they say Fulani. They say Fulani. And that just means people. We're the people, which really describes Fulani culture for you. We are the only people out there, and there's nobody if you're not Fulani. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but God had put the Fulani on my heart in 2003. I was in a library studying for a college paper, uh, studying African people groups. And something about, I just came across an article about the Fulani, and something about this people group um, just really hit my heart. I found I was sitting there typing on the computer, and then the next moment I was just weeping. Wow. And wow. I got up and I ran out the uh, library and just, God, what's going on here? And I just heard the Holy Spirit say to me, and I didn't hear the Holy Spirit very much back then. Um, I just want you to pray for them every day. And so, uh, this is when you were in college, what year? Uh, 2003. So you've been praying for the Fulani, the Fulbe yeah, since 2003? Yeah, so for he, about 15 so years. So he literally has on his phone a reminder every day. I don't know how long he's been doing this, but to pray for the Fulani, and so it goes off, and it's like, okay, it's time to pray for... Since 2003. Yeah, no, not, I haven't had the not reminder since 2003. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, but That's something I do when I, get, when I start getting lax, but um, <laughs> yeah. I know I've been praying for the Fulani. We started a, a Fulani prayer group, and what really, wow. what really hit me about the Fulani, they're the largest nomadic people group in the world. Uh, they're spread across 22 countries in West Africa, from Senegal to Sudan, Everywhere where the Sahara Desert is, there's a southern edge called the Sahel. And Sahel means shore in Arabic. So it's like the shore of the Sahara Desert. And in that kind of brown grassland, um, these nomadic cattle herders with their cows, uh, all Muslim, 99.5% Muslim. Wow. Uh, almost, Muslim. almost 40 million of them um, 
and they're the ones who brought Islam to West Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, 40 million in just that tribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 35 wow. to 40 million. That's huge. Um, all, almost n- in, in many places, no gospel witness. I, mm-hmm. I studied the Fulani in each and every country, and in places like the Fulani in Sierra Leone have no discernible church, zero. And, uh, and so it's, it's, it's so like just the frontier, but it's also like these guys are missionaries. I mean, they're, they're nomads, they're, they, they compete with each other to see who can go longest without drinking water. Oh. They're, oh. they're, wow. you know, <laughs> they're, they're, wow. I mean, they're cutters, they're, they, they have the rites of passage where they'll, they'll make tattoos on their faces. And Whoa. it's, it's, they're very, very, uh, strong people, very proud people. Pulaku. Uh, Pulaku. Yeah, Pulaku is the idea of personhood and that kind of the um, Ubuntu, like personhood. It's their macho idea. code. Yeah, it's their, their macho man, yeah. uh, tough guy. I mean, and so these guys are just, they're so proud, so, in, I mean, so powerful. And when Jesus gets a hold of them, they are going to bring the gospel to North Africa and the Middle East. I wow. just know it. They have they they don't have an identity of a Fulani Christian. Most of them, like that concept, is just bizarre yeah. to them. They they to be Fulani is to be Muslim, yeah. and so for a, a Fulani to come to Christ, um, number one, they can't comprehend it. You know, it's like you deciding, oh, I'm not going to be Caucasian today. Wow. Well, how you how you going to do that? You know, like sure, sure. You know, they're trading who they are, their identity. But number two, it's just the you know probably the biggest you know, traitor, you know, thing that you could do to your people is to embrace Christ. So it's it's a death sentence for, you know, most of them almost immediately they come to Christ. Wow. So. so so Matt, uh, tell us a little bit about, the, you know, the reason why you went and yeah. and, and kind of what happened with, with so you while you were there. Yeah, so the, the reason why I went yeah. is because Jesus compelled me to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I, I do video production and okay. um, uh, something I'm, I'm passionate about and enjoy and storytelling. To me, everything's a story. You know, You're so good at it, we're Matt. You so do so good. well. We are, you know, we're living God's story. I'm looking for stories everywhere um, and you know Jesus communication you know is just story and so for me I was compelled that I'm a part of the story so I didn't know exactly what it was gonna be but I felt like it was time for me to try to capture what God is saying and doing uh, wow. in Nigeria and so um, we went not knowing exactly what we would find honestly you know Nate was talking about this Fulani people that he was pregnant with right there was just wow. something inside of him that was like Fulani and you see it in his eyes I'm like yeah, mm-hmm. Fulani. He's like, no, <laughs> no, no, Fulani. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> like, you know. Let it roll off your tongue, <laughs> yeah, right. son. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, Fulani, that's good, that's good. But um, honestly, we get there, and in a bizarre way, it was a homecoming for me in the most bizarre way, just because spiritually, wow. I've eaten, uh, I mean, I've eaten so much Nigerian food. You know, we um, are the church that we, that I was pastoring and ministering in was predominantly uh, African and Nigerian, very intercultural in Cleveland. In Cleveland yeah. Wow. wow. So um, lots of all night prayers and sure. lots of, you know, six hour services, you know, a lot of, you know, African culture. Um, but in, in, since moving here, I was kind of very disconnected from that. So <laughs> it was a crazy way of God kind of bringing me home. You know, God doesn't waste anything, you know, yeah, like so he had his intention yeah. in that the whole time, you yeah. know. Um, but, um, oh yeah. So, but meeting these people and meeting these Fulani people and seeing their life, um, just really, I think 
I, it was kind of contagious and just oh. that burden for them <laughs> wow. just really got in inside of me. And, you know, it's one thing is one of the things I love about Bethel is that, you know, a lot of churches say they're missional, right? But um, when I think of Jesus, you know, there's the scripture talked about Jesus wept, you know, and Jesus looked over the city and was like, something inside of him hurt, right? And this is the thing that I recognized in Nathan was like something in him hurt for these people. And oh. something I see here that I just love is like people hurt for people, right? There's <laughs> a weight on them wow. and a burden for someone else. And I, you know, it's really beautiful. realized, you know, it convict, I was convicted, honestly, from being there, um, just that, man, I haven't hurt for people in a while, you know, like, wow. Oh, wow. and um, I think I got pregnant. I, you could say I got knocked <laughs> up in <laughs> spiritually, spiritually knocked spiritually up speaking, in Kenya. Um, <laughs> spiritually speaking, I got pregnant. For um, the record. Yeah. But, um, but hey, it's live. Everybody's <laughs> watching it. But just, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send out a gift register. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but just, just seeing these people and hearing their stories, like yeah. something just burdened in me. And I realized, man, this is the story that I'm, that I'm looking for. I mean, we got there and immediately I was, um, we went to a Nigerian wedding, which was just crazy. I mean, it was such a wild party. Um, but meeting with the pastor afterwards, um, we realized that he had pastored a church where um, Boko Haram had taken 30 members of their church's heads off. And um, mm. some of the atrocities and things that have gone on there, I mean, um, were pretty intense. Um, I don't think we mentioned that so much, but there's um, – yeah. Northern Nigeria is not a real safe place to be, especially if you're um, Caucasian. <laughs> sure. Um, wow. There's kind of a lot of risk. Um, or really, if you're if you're anyone, I mean, Nigeria particularly is a very kind of tense, embattled place, especially yeah. as we come up to elections next month. Um, the president is Fulani, and he's. Uh, we're going to see who gets into office. Yeah. Um, wow. This and uh, in in Nigeria specifically. There's a lot of activity by Boko Haram, but also uh, there's more and more press about the Fulani themselves, uh, separate from Boko Haram, um, cr uh, creating a lot of havoc. And um, this year, uh, or last year, I should say, uh, by the numbers, uh, Fulani herdsmen, or, or militant Fulani herdsmen, I should say, uh, killed more than six times the number of people that Boko Haram did. Mm -hmm. And Whoa. so they, they've... For what reason? For yeah. a number of reasons. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is, is about land okay. because uh, it, you have nomadic cattle herders mm -hmm. um, in close quarters with farmers, and when cows get around crops, then the cows eat the crops. Sure. And then the farmer kills the cow, and then the Fulani kills the farmer, and Whoa. it escalates uh, dramatically from there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So... so. So what did you guys go over to do? I mean, you were aware of this situation. You yeah. were aware of the risk, yes. and you yeah. really were compelled by Jesus, and you went over to do... So the night before we left, Nate calls me, and he says, hey, he's like, man, I got something to tell you. He's like, I just feel like I need to full disclosure. And he's like, so this month, I think that month in particular, I think he had said that the Fulani were 10 times more deadly. The night before you the night before said six times more deadly than Boko Haram. He's like, I have, now I have assurance from the Holy Spirit that I'm coming back, but I just feel like I need to let you know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm, like, I'm going to sleep amazing tonight, you know, and then we're going to go on a 24-hour, you know, 
plane ride trip. <laughs> I didn't ask him about you. He didn't. Ask him. <laughs> yeah. You're on your own, kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Try to keep up. Assumed you could ask him yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's great. But That's amazing. So in answer to your question, we were doing a, a leadership training for a group of about 50 Muslim background leaders. These are people who came uh, from Islam and we're now reaching their communities with the gospel. Oh, and wow. And over the course of, uh, I think it was four days, was it? Uh, with a lot of just kind of craziness that happens when you work in Africa and a lot of uh, schedule changes last minute, uh, we taught through all the gospels. And we just taught what did oh, Jesus do first, second, and third. And we just went really deep on studying what were the disciples catching in each phase of Jesus' ministry and what can we learn about how Jesus built people um, through what he did in the Gospels chronologically. So we studied a harmony <laughs> of the Gospels. Wow. Uh, we, we broke them up into small groups. We said, you know, hey, let's, let's, let's just practice leading a small group because in Africa, if you get in a small group, usually there's one person um, preaching and seven people listening. Wow. Uh, and so let's, just, let's have some discussion. Let's, uh, let's talk about mentoring. And, and then at the end, we did a, a foot washing service, talked a little bit about servant leadership, and we just went through and matt and i and a few other of the leaders just washed everyone's feet that's beautiful um just had a very beautiful time a lot of prophetic words matt got up and just just in this amazing powerful 20 minute prayer time it was like i'm pretty sure the holy spirit fell (laughs) powerfully there and uh i was talking with our our partner there today and Mm. he said it's just that was that experience people are still talking about that's beautiful uh, what the holy spirit did there Th- so. there were some just strong just <laughs> movements of the spirit you know to be a to be a believer there like it just requires like you know it's so easy to be a to be a believer here mm-hmm. right but like it's, mm-hmm. it's just not a convenient place you know and to be a believer there but they're just breaking the word like nate mm-hmm. was and just inviting the holy spirit man like you saw some people that were just like so tough just experiencing just waves of God's grace and his mercy in such powerful ways. You just, mm-hmm. you know, I saw some of the most strong, you know, mighty in there that were What's just like, the word? Pulaku. Pulaku. Yeah. Pulaku. But, yeah. they, but they were just weeping, wow. Uh, wow. you know, and just really experiencing just the father's love and his grace. You know, to me, I guess to summer in summary, the real story is that a people that honestly haven't had any good news because if you if you search for the Fulani on Google I mean you're not going to hear good news you know well, wow um, so violent people lots of upset. they're known to be the a- enemies honestly yeah. of, of a lot of people very violent but there are amazing stories of you know supernatural stories of God's love and his spirit pursuing and rescuing and um, also just some of the biggest testimonies of people who in the face of just persecution have just loved and forgiveness. I mean, the, the story of forgiveness is is ridiculous. But but the people who you know brought the Muslim faith to Africa and who were staunch enemies of Jesus are coming to Christ in powerful ways. Whoa! Wow! Yeah. So can you share some of those stories with us? I, we would yeah, love absolutely. to hear them. Wh- yeah. One one of the stories I really wanted to highlight. And I'm going to do my best to get this right because uh, we heard this uh, firsthand from somebody who is involved in this story and continues to be uh so we're not going to say the name just to protect some identities but um within northern nigeria uh there's an amazing thing happening where these small uh solar powered mp3 units are going out 
with something like 70 hours of Bible and preaching and gospel content in Fulfulde. That's the Fulani language. And the Fulfulde. Fulfulde. And the Fulani are getting hold of these little units, and they're strapping these solar-powered units on their uh, large-brimmed hats. And so as they're out in the, ca- in, the, in the field with the cows, they're listening to the Gospels. They're oh. listening to the New Testament. They're listening to preaching. And do they're coming to Christ. Do we know who's done this? We just can't say. We, we, we do. Yeah. yeah. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Th- th- and, and, and honestly, <laughs> phenomenal. For, for the price Rad. of these little units, I think it's like 15 bucks a pop. <laughs> what? I, I mean, uh, it's, it's amazing to me. But the, the, the missionary who, who we talked to about this said, we just don't have enough. I could I could move a thousand units mm. today, and we just don't have them. Mm-hmm. And um, so, the, but the Fulani are getting hold of these little units. They're passing them around. And the way Fulani communities work is they're not geographical. They're based on family and you know relationships. Right. So you might have a Fulani over here, a Fulani twenty miles away, another Fulani a hundred miles away. So these networks are coming to Christ, and then they're getting together in these these uh, church groups. Well, there's one group of 500 Fulani that all came to Christ in the same region oh and, wow. and, and started this, I mean, Book of Acts-style church. This, now, this, this is people responding to the Word of God because many of them don't even have someone preaching to them or ministering to them. They're they're just hearing it's their little solar They're just hearing thing. Jesus in, in their, their ears as yeah, they're no standing all day out Western in the sun, missionaries her, herding cattle in their language. Yep, yeah. and they're experiencing <laughs> they're experiencing Jesus. That's gorgeous. Wow, it's and the most organic like ch- you know church movement. Like it's, this is not building centered. You know they're nomadic traveling <laughs> people. So yeah, it's it really is amazing. Wow. So the Fulani, uh, these five hundred Fulani, um, you know, obviously when you have five hundred believers. Uh, in a Muslim area, Boko Haram is going to hear about it. So Boko Haram heard about it and, and came through and just raised the village. I mean, just burned it down to the ground. And the Fulani s- ran for their lives. And so you have 500 Fulani on the move with children, elderly, um, no food or water. They're just walking into the bush. And, uh, and, the f- and Boko Haram is, is at their heels. Well, these 500 get split up into a few different groups, and a group of about 74 of them get captured by Boko Haram. And so you have these Boko Haram uh, terrorists holding these 74 believers, and the Boko Haram leaders go to the Christian Fulani leaders and say, hey, um, come back to Islam, deny Jesus, all is forgiven, we'll let you go home, don't worry about it. And the leader says, absolutely not. There's nothing you could offer me um, in this life that would compare to what Jesus has given me. And, and he says, if you, don't, if you don't turn your back on Jesus, come back to Islam, we're going to kill you. And he said, there's nothing you can offer me. So they killed him. They went so to first they first they so they, they're it's brutal. But first they tortured him. Right. So they took his tongue off. Cut. They do this thing well where they I cut the back of the neck. Sensitive. This is. Oh um, yeah. Look. How? I mean, it yeah. It was torture. Our children. It's yeah. It's mm-hmm. torture. It's torture. So. Oh. Graphically, and they they're torturing this individual and giving him one or two more chances in front of this. They have everybody lined up, mostly women and children at this point. So they go to the second command. Same thing. If you don't deny Jesus, they kill him. Then they go to one of the women, who's kind of at that point the de facto leader, say, "All right." We know that you're not going to turn your back on Jesus and come back to Islam, but what if we torture the children? 
and the women get together and they say, you know, we can't let them hurt the kids. We're going to have to tell them what they want to hear. And as they're ha having this conversation, a man shows up, um, walks into their group. Um, they don't recognize him. And they say, who are you? He says, I'm Jesus. I'm Isa al-Masih. And I just want you what to know. What is his name? In Isa al-Masih. Isa <laughs> al-Masih. Jesus the <laughs> Messiah in the Quran. Yeah. You guys feel that? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. mm -hmm. so Jesus walks into the group and uh, he says, I want you to know that I'm going to take care of you. Nobody's going to hurt your children. <laughs> don't don't turn away from me. I'm going to protect you. And and so they say to the terrorists, you know, we're not going to we're not going to deny Jesus. He's told us he's going to take care of us. And so the terrorists, like they're they're like, all right, we don't know, you know, we don't know what else to do. So, so I, I have to interrupt you to say yeah. this one thing. So they had been running from Boko Haram for three days without food and water, right? Most of these left are just are women and children. So when this guy shows up, they all of a sudden they realize when he's there with them that the children stop crying. They're not thirsty or hungry, but even their physical needs by this presence is satisfied. And for the next three days, nobody felt any hunger. And for the next three days, being held by Boko Haram, they saw Jesus show up over and over again. And the kids would just say, hey, mom, that's Jesus. Hey, look, Jesus is over in the bushes. Mm -hmm. Jesus is over here. And everybody could oh. see him except for Boko Haram. Mm -hmm. So on the third day, they they wait they wake up and um, the the ter the Boko Haram guys are walking around and one of them his eyes get big and he says guys there's snakes there's snakes everywhere we got to get out of here and um, no uh, there's there's nothing there but he falls on the ground and dies and uh, another guy says ah there's snakes there's snakes he falls falls on the ground and dies uh, right in front of these these women. And the you know the rest of the guys just scatter, and so at that point these Fulani are free, and they start walking, find a main road, um, call some of the missionaries that they know. The missionaries come and pick them up, resettle them in a in a in a safe location, and um, you know you hear these kinds of stories from time to time, and uh, if you've been on the field for a long time, you you learn to be a little bit skeptical. And so one of the missionaries who we got to sit down and talk with, Peter, uh, sent out a spy into their uh, camp to stay with them for a few days, a, a teenage girl, I think. And the, and the girl came back and said, if this is, a, if this is a, a hoax or some kind of trick, it's the most authentic fake I've ever seen. These people are, are Jesus is giving them worship songs to sing in their mm -hmm. own language, <laughs> and they're singing them day and night. And none of them are afraid to die. Every single one of them has faced death, and they're not scared of it anymore. They just want their their brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles yeah. to know Jesus. And um, this is beautiful. Yeah. It, it is. And one of one of the last things that I have to say, and I I I'm really excited that I get to just say this publicly. Um, they brought uh, some of the leaders in um, to these two white Western missionaries, and our friend Peter. He's kind of got a sense of humor. He's also <laughs> a little skeptical. Uh, he says to them, hey, if you saw Jesus again, would you recognize him? And they said, oh, uh, we would never forget his face. And so he gets out a flip book of about 26 pictures of Jesus drawn by artists. And you've got, got African Jesus. Surfer you've got Jesus, Rasta surfer, Jesus. All these <laughs> versions of Jesus. And, <laughs> and they're flipping through it. Nope, nope, that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. And they come to one picture of Jesus. Um, Drawn by, I think it's a, a Akiana Crane. Oh Akiana. my yeah. gosh. Just in case, okay, right now, uh, just in case you've ever wondered 
who the real Jesus is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're getting ready to divulge and, that. And they say, that is definitely Jesus. We wouldn't ever. Uh, and said, that's the man. I could never forget. I could never him. forget his face. could never forget him. And, <laughs> yeah. it's completely and of course, they don't know her. Her whole story is phenomenal. No, they don't. I mean, yeah. Mm-mm. The prodigy artist from the time she's a child. Jesus led yeah. her to Jesus. I mean, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> whoa. So, so What's really funny is that another, uh, one of the Boko Haram leaders, separate from this story, dramatic conversion, I can't share that story right now, but um, he comes to Christ, same thing, Peter brings him in, if you saw Jesus again, would you recognize him? He flips to the same picture, says that's Jesus, that's That's definitely Jesus. And I can just throw in my my (laughs) story that... um, that that um, I was in the office one day. One of my coworkers said, you know, I don't tell a lot of people this, but I had a dream about Jesus, and I'll never forget his face. I said, if you saw Jesus again, would you recognize him? Is this an African? No, uh, um, American. Okay, okay, but not familiar with the painting. No, not familiar with the painting. And I said, is this him? (laughs) She said, that's him. Oh, my God. Started crying. Wow. So I have it it on three good sources. (laughs) Well, now, yeah. uh, uh, listeners, you just have to Google, and I'm gonna. Me- her, she's Akian, and I can't ever remember her last name. It's I think something it's beautiful. Akiana Crane. I'm not positive. You will not have any yeah. trouble finding her, but the story around that painting is phenomenal. Mm. People get born again looking at the painting. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, it's guys, amazing. this is beautiful. Yeah. So, so, so amazing yeah. things happening. Um, the same missionary says, you know, um, there's a people group movement happening, and I really believe that it's it's the result of of uh, mine and many other people's prayers over the last 15, 20, 40, 100 years for the Fulani people. Uh, he said, in, in the last two years, probably no less than 40,000 Fulani have given their lives to Christ. <laughs> many of them just through these solar-powered MP3 players. Just total the, organic the gospel just the movement. Word of God and just the, the word. Yeah. And Jesus feeding them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they're, they're an oral people, right? So they, they even have a written language? They do. They yeah. do. Okay. But they can listen to, you know, standing out there holding the Bible would, would kind of give things away, right? Like, they're religious. They have no reason to, and they just, they don't have that religious experience that we have. So it's so authentic and pure to see what just the Holy Spirit and God's living word is, is doing. It's, it's wild. They also, this, there's this cool thing where their culture, they have this, um, I don't know, so, I forget what you call it, but in their family, I guess it's a custom or a tradition, custom, I guess. So... If you own something and you have family, um, their family comes into your house. Th- it's as good as them owning it, and they have this custom. They can just take something that um, th- because it's theirs. Like to them, it's as good as yours is mine, right? It's like everybody your yeah, siblings. Exactly right. No, no, they don't <laughs> share outside of that. But <laughs> so uh, co- what's often happening? We keep hearing is that, um, one of the ways the gospel is spreading is these people will come in to a person's house, to a family member, and they'll just see this this solar-powered MP3 player, and they're like, I want that. That's mine. So they'll pick it up, <laughs> and they'll put it with them, and then they take it, and then they go stand out in the sun, mm-hmm. being solar-powered, mm-hmm. just pumping their head with Jesus. So um, it, it really is. Guys. I mean, the enemies of, you know, the self-proclaimed enemies are, are experiencing the kindness and goodness and mercy and love yeah. of God, and they're just saying yes to Jesus, and nothing, so nothing can make them change their mind. There's just yeah. nothing. I, I love the way it was communicated <laughs> to us, that lady said, she's like, I could never forget him. You know, yeah. and it's like, man, when <laughs> when you experience the real Jesus, it's be mm-hmm. it should be so impressionable that it's like, man, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing can take my Jesus, you know, away. Nothing can take wow. it away. Wow, wow, 
This is beautiful. <laughs> it's it it's, it's I just love to know that God is just always in a great mood. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he's he really is in a great like, like his goodness mm. is far beyond what what we're thinking. Yeah. And it's always outside of our box. And I mean, an MP3 player that's solar powered yeah. that yeah. people are now experiencing the gospel. Yeah. It's that beautiful. is just so beautiful. So so how can um, how can these pe- uh, our listeners, people that are on the podcast or, or watching Facebook, like how can they get connected to like your ministry and what you were doing there? Where can they find that? Yeah. So the, the ministry with the Fulani, um, you know, from my perspective, really is getting people to love the Fulani. You know, I get these emails from different Christian ministries after a Fulani attack. Um, that, that really focus on the victims of these attacks, which I really appreciate and applaud, and I think that's really great. But I've, I've never gotten a single email from somebody that says, God loves the Fulani. Mm. God wants to get these people into the kingdom, and pray, he wants to use them. them to spread the kingdom. Mm. And so I really want, um, I, I want people who know about the Fulani, who have an idea about them, to repent of their way of thinking about the Fulani. You know, especially, you know, our brothers and sisters in Africa have been so deeply wounded and traumatized by the Fulani people. You know, I, I, I w- but I, want, I don't want them to see them as unreachable anymore. Mm-hmm. I want them to see them as, that. you know, what was true before is no longer true about the Fulani. What was once a hard and resistant mm, ground is great. now a whitening harvest. You know, we just had 21 days of prayer and fasting in December, and uh, we built a, a website, lovefulani.com, and okay. we were just going through you praying for country. F-U-L-A-N-I, lovefulani.com. Mm-hmm. Country guys. after country of where the Fulani live, and, you know, at one point, we were praying just that God would bind the strong man mm-hmm. over the Fulani, and something in my spirit said, that's it. It's done. He's bound. Wow. And what, w- what is true now is not what was true before, and so mm-hmm. I want people to see that. I want people to yeah. pray for the Fulani, I want people to go to the Fulani. You know, we don't have any big uh, projects that we're running. We don't have an office. We're not, you know, we're not trying to raise funds for anything. We just want people to love the Fulani and see God's heart for them in any way that they can to, to, to lean in, to get underneath and support That's what beautiful. God is doing among them. Yeah. Wow. And that is the cool thing. It's something that God is doing. I mean, you just can't, you can't not, you cannot go there and see it and, not know that God is pursuing these people. You know, one question I had, you know, um, on my journey and part of the being part of the story is just does God have a specific love for a people group? You know, because, you know, we're going, you know, and he's talking about this Fulani that he's in love with. I mean, he's gaga eyes for these people. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you know, but I'm still not getting it. But like <laughs> getting there and experiencing that, you know, like I, you know, realized that, um, I think God has a specific love for the Fulani. He has a specific time for these people. And the time really is now. It's, it's urgent and it's eminent. Yeah. And um, I think that's one thing with love Fulani. We're just wanting to people to ex- experience and be drawn into something that God is doing. So, yeah. so I've you know, captured so many different interviews of people that have just, man, survived so much and experienced the supernatural power of God. I mean, we, there's stories of people who are uh, a good Muslim right? A God-fearing Muslim who died and they're all around his body and he's in this bag 
and all of a sudden the bag starts moving and they're like they're freaking out and they cut the bag open and he sits straight up and says we have to follow jesus what <laughs> in the <laughs> world yeah um wow. you know another lady i interviewed how did the filani this happened in the filani people yeah, yeah that, and so without you know this is this is the thing they don't have this indoctrination of the 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 church you know gospel you know the the storybook jesus that we've painted you know like they don't have that you know so um, they're just experiencing the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of truth. Um, wow. There was one lady that I interviewed, um, beautiful young woman. She's technically she's a, a Nigerian princess from a certain state, and her the mother is a Fulani king. He's a Fulani king, and so um, her mother was the first person in their state to come to Christ, and um, through these a couple of missionaries that that uh, were brave enough to go there and share Jesus and. When her king, you know, husband found out, you know, he's proud and like, no, you, you can't do this. So he would beat her and embarrass her and do anything he could just to just to hate on her. And w- one night, the, the thing that kind of broke the, the straw that broke the camel's back um, was one night he walked in the room and he looked at her and he just hated her. You could just could feel it. And so he just attacked her while she was sleeping, beat her up, just, just beat her up so bad. Whoa. And then went away that night and called her best friend and said, I don't, I don't know, I don't know why I, I could do it to this woman. All she ever did was love me. And in that moment, his heart broke and he said yes to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when he, the king and the, qu- the queen said yes to Jesus, all their, their three children ended up becoming missionaries and pastors. And um, this beautiful woman and her family that I interviewed, she's got these marks and tattoos, these tribal markings, just beautiful. And where there was this stoic, you know, um, rock hard face, there's this joy in their eyes and their big smile. It's like you can see, man, Jesus is in there wow. and alive and moving. And so um, we ask people, man, pray, pray for the Fulani. We'll love these people that are the enemies of God. Have faith. I think they just need people to have faith. They were encouraged by us being there. And like I was just blown away by the people there that are just living and sharing Jesus in the most authentic way under um, really intense um, environment. Is there a way that people could help if they wanted to get more of the solar powered things? Yes. Is there a place to get? So we're, um, I'm working on that. I spoke with our friend today in Nigeria and they desperately, they're, they're out. So um, they're, they're desperately wanting to, um, I mean, there's some people on the ground that are just doing some amazing things, but they're really not connected here. So we're trying to find a way to connect them more. I really hope to set up a place where people can go and connect and can give and to support. And so if anyone out there right now has a, uh, you know, has a way to get those at a a good price or or, or even just a way to set up where we can help fund what he's doing, because he's he's boots on the ground and doing so many things at one time. You can eventually we'll try to get on lovefulani.com where you can connect and sow into that. So we should just be watching lovefulani.com. And I I would say go on to lovefulani.com, sign up for the email list. You'll get periodic emails just about what God is doing, how you can be praying. Um, We are hoping to, to get a small documentary together where you can just hear some of these testimonies these stories from their own lips and uh, we're so excited about that but that's that's kind of the hub right now where you can stay connected stay involved and just just learn learn about the Fulani 
You know, if you if you want to get involved in the solar MP3 projects, I go over there once a year. I'm happy to throw a whole okay. suitcase of these mm-hmm. things together uh, if you can help. So people are so, so marvelous. That'll be an e- that's yeah. inevitable. Yeah. That's inevitable. People love to give. People yeah. will love this. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just watch Filani, lovefilani.com yeah. and get on an emailing list. And then through that, you guys can can just say whatever your needs yeah. are. Yep. Yeah. And our c- my contact is on there. You free, free if if God's touching your heart right now for the Fulani, if God is saying mm-hmm. something to you, even go. You know, give, go, pray, whatever he say, I want to hear about it. I'd love for you to go to lovefulani.com and just just tell me your story and Great. I'd love to connect with you about that. Great. Yeah. Can, just Great. Be, just because it's wonderful. Can you say Jesus name in the Fulani language yeah. again? Isadnasi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, I'm and done. all over the all over <laughs> the Quran Jesus is called Jesus the Messiah, the only sinless prophet, um, wow. the Word of God. The r- I mean, Jesus. Th- there's nobody like Jesus, even in the Quran. That's even in the Quran. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So we are actually yeah. running short on time. We're, are we coming to where we're about to land this plane, I feel yeah. like. <laughs> and I don't want to. I would love Coming to keep in. it in the air. <laughs> but, um, so, but so one of the things that we really like to do um, it's just as we're wrapping as we're wrapping it up, it's we really love to give our our guests an opportunity to just kind of share <laughs> a, a word of the Lord. So if you've got a, like a word um, on your heart, or maybe even a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom that somebody who's listening on the podcast, mm-hmm. um, whether it be you know something that's encouraging or something healing, we'd love to just give yeah. you the opportunity to do that because it's so helpful. Yeah. And then um, and and then people have an opportunity to respond. So we would love for you to to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thanks I'm for being with us. I'm just, um, you know, what I really just feel stirring me. And, ah, you know, it's just so obvious that Jesus is just here right now. And <laughs> yeah. I just thank you, Jesus, for being here. Yeah. Um, we thank you for your presence and your intention and your purpose, your goodness. You are goodness. Yeah, you are. Can't be separated from who you are, Father. So, so we just good. thank you for your presence here right now. God, I thank you that all those who are listening right now, God, and, and beyond, God, that your, your spirit is seeking them, God, that you have intention for their life. God, I thank you that some people right now who are looking to be pregnant are going to get pregnant, God, with a holy desire right now, Father, um, just a burden that is for a people, God. We know there is a people who are hungry for the message of Jesus and the, the person of Jesus, so, God, I just pray that some people would just get pregnant right now, God, that they would be burdened, Father God, with um, a strong, strong, unrelenting desire to pursue others and that would experience you, Father God. I thank you for a revelation of Jesus, God, wherever um, people are listening right now, that they would experience his presence in their room right now, God, that they would know that they are known, God, that they, they would know your love, and God, that you would just reveal um, God, your plan and purpose is Lord God. I just, I just speak God visions and dreams and um, all the ways that you are moving in Nigeria. God, um, you, you move here. Your kingdom is worldwide, Lord. So we yeah. just ask for your kingdom to be revealed in the name of Jesus right now, Father. Yes. Mm-hmm. You just sense the Lord um, saying, if I'm not conquering fear, I'm not doing anything at all. And uh, mm. the, uh, a lot of you guys are facing um, just a lot of fear right now. It's a sense particularly there's somebody between jobs um, that uh, that you're asking, uh, what's my thing? What's the what's the next thing? What's uh, God calling me to do? And Jesus is saying to you that uh, what He's calling you to do is not be afraid. 
uh, that he's he's going after n- not just the activity of your life, but the the root cause of um, of, of uh, not being able to trust him, and he's he's setting you free to trust him in a new way. Um, also, this is g- um, well let me just wait on that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but Father, I, I do thank you that you are uh, that you are coming against fear in all its forms. That you are connecting us to you in uh, in ways that um, that we never dreamed possible. Yes, Lord, that you are uh, replacing the way that uh, we learned to connect through our parents, through our friends. And you're replacing it with something very, very new and very special. Uh, Lord Jesus, you're, you're just so powerful. I just pray that uh, for every ear that's listening right now, that you would unlock. Uh, a level of connectedness and intimacy mm. with you, a constancy of connection and abiding in your yeah. presence um, that that no longer would we say, uh, where's God, where's God, that mm. we would be able to say in faith, uh, I'm going to stay with you mm. because you're right here. Yes. Uh, you love us. You are in a good mood. So mm. thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that, mm. that you do love us. And um, yeah. There's two, two things I'm hearing right now. The first, I just feel like God, um, there's somebody who's listening and maybe many that are, their perspective of identity is that they're a pauper or they're a beggar and not in their mind, but in their disposition and in their heart. And I just feel like God's just wanting to pour out his majesty that they are a prince or a princess. They are seated in heavenly places, ruling and reigning right now. So God, I just release God, your identity in Jesus name. God, right now, Father. God, I also just pray for whoever has either a severely sprained or a broken ankle. I'm just hearing this so strong that somebody needs healing. So Father, in the name of Jesus right now, we release your healing Mm -hmm. power. We release your healing touch. God, mend the broken things, Mm. Father, in Jesus' name. We just declare them whole or release it in Jesus' name right now. Mm. Mm. I I don't know if someone else is experiencing some kind of bronchitis or a chronic um, sickness in their lungs and their breathing, but, Father, we just rebuke that sickness in Jesus' name Mm -hmm. and release your healing power there. God, let your touch come. God, whoever's been struggling and suffering, God, for such a long time, Father, we just declare that they're whole in Jesus' name right now. And also seeing just um, a person with an amputated limb, mm-hmm. and uh, and I don't know if that's a <laughs> <laughs> if that's an actual person with an amputated limb, or or maybe you've experienced something being amputated from your life in a in a dramatic and mm-hmm. and, and but I, I I feel that because of this amputation, you're saying um, I can't uh, I can't I can't do that because I have a disability or something is missing. Um, that 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 should make me able to do what God is calling me to do, and and, and God is just saying no. God is saying um, I'm the one who can make uh, dry bones dance, mm. yeah. and and I <laughs> can yeah. do this yeah. through you. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you guys. Thank mm. you so much. Thank you, yeah. Matt and Nate. My goodness, yeah. lovefulani.com. Love Fulani. Love Fulani. (laughs) 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 Thank you guys so much for coming in. What a treat. How beautiful. How encouraging. We're so blessed. Hey, if any of these uh, words just encourage you and you're thinking, boy, this is my season. I really needed to hear that. We would love to hear from you. Please share with us. 
Um, it's just simple email, just bachats at BethelAtlanta.com. We would love to hear from you. And so. thank you guys for tuning in. We're always so happy to have always. you. Please remember that we love you. And Jesus loves you too. <laughs>